Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Great Scott Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the son of Bennett Surf, as well as music composer and producer, Mr. Christopher Surf. How's it going, Chris? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. I'm glad that uh, that you said yes to doing this. Um, I'm a huge uh, What's My Line fan and game show fan in general, so... Um, I wanted to get to know a little bit more about the old show and uh, and about your dad as well. Great. Happy to oblige. So uh, tell us, uh, what was Bennett Surf like as a father? I mean, um, one thing that I know about him is that uh, he, he seemed to always be busy, I'm sure, uh, between the traveling, the random house, doing the show, and, and the family. So how is it that he managed to, to do it all? Well, he, he was, as you said, always busy, and he loved it that way. A Random House was really his first love. Uh, that's what he did every day and cared most about. But he loved doing What's My Line, and uh, he enjoyed the people on it. He enjoyed the fame that he got, and he also knew that every time he went on TV, he was helping sell the Random House books. So it all went together, and... Uh, in answer to your first question, he was very much like in person what you see on TV. He was always making puns. He was always smiling. He was always witty. He was a very warm, wonderful guy. So uh, wherever he went, would he always get stopped by fans and uh, ask for autographs or pictures or something like that? Very much so, yeah. Uh, you know, not so much in the early days because he started Random House in the 20s, and he didn't go on the show till I think it was 1951, but once he was on every week, people recognized him everywhere. So uh, how is it that he came to the show? You say that uh, his first love was Random House. Did Mark Goodson come to Bennett and say, hey, Bennett, we're starting this new show, and we'd love for you to be a part of it? Is that pretty much how it all got started? It's pretty much it, though he didn't actually start with the first show. Um, uh, Mark Goodson came to him within, I think, the first season, and they were looking for a, a new panelist. I, I can't quite remember who he replaced, but he was on the show very early and lasted, I think, you know, until it became a daily show, which he didn't have time to do. But once it, while it was on in the evening, he was on 17 or 18 years uh, regularly. So uh, I know that uh, we had been chatting a little bit as well. Um, you said that he was also good friends with uh, Mr. Daly, right? Sorry? Uh, you said that, uh, that he was good friends with, with uh, John Daly as well, correct? Oh, absolutely, yes. He was good friends with really everybody who was a regular. But uh, he and John were, were close. I don't think he knew him really very well until the show started. But actually, the panel and John hung out quite a bit together, uh, especially, you know, they go out together after the shows on Sunday nights. And when I got to be a teenager and older, I, I got to go with my dad some of those times, which was terrific fun. Yeah, I bet. I mean, uh, so you got to go backstage a little bit and uh, meet uh, John and uh, the rest of the panel? Oh, very much so. Yeah, they were part of our lives. Uh, for example, Arlene Francis and her husband, Martin Gable, who was on the show some, too. But Arlene and Martin lived right next door to us on oh, weekends wow. in the country. So, And uh, Peter Gable, their son, was my brother's roommate at college. So, so we knew them very well. Uh, also, one thing, uh, they had... Um 
I think it was Howdy Doody and Buffalo Bob on uh, one time, and uh, I think your dad said, were, were my children on your show? And uh, I think you, you, you guys had been on uh, or were on Howdy Doody's show, correct, you and your brother? I, I certainly was. I, I was in the peanut gallery. I certainly wasn't featured, but I think they talked to me, as I recall. I was pretty young then. Probably oh, yeah. seven or eight, so I don't have an incredible memory, but I do remember sitting in the peanut gallery, which was very, very exciting. Oh, well, after the show had ended, um, did did your dad continue doing what he did before he, he did the show, uh, keep Random House going and, and the touring as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the show was done on Sunday night, so it didn't really interfere with his work time too much, but... Um, one thing he would do, actually, which was very smart and uh, makes sense when you think about it, was that he would read Variety magazine very carefully on Sundays before he went in to do the show because he wanted to see who had a new movie out or a new play opening or a new book coming out. Uh, he figured that if somebody who was in that situation would want to promote their new work, so they would be likely to try to get to be the mystery guest. <laughs> and it, it really narrowed down a lot the people that might have been mystery guests, so it helped him guess. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, your, your dad was able to, within like five, ten minutes, uh, figure out who the mystery guest was. Uh, it, didn't, it, it certainly did not take him long. No, well, I mean, obviously that, what I said didn't work every time, but it, he figured, you know, if... Um, some big movie star had a new movie out that their PR agents would want them to be on TV yeah. <laughs> so that they might, he would sort of be on the lookout for, for one of those people. And often it worked. But he was pretty good at guessing anyway. Oh, wow, yeah. Were. Oh, absolutely. I mean, me and my dad will watch the old clips on YouTube and uh, the panel in general. They're just a hard group of people to stump. And uh, well, talk- absolutely. Yeah. Dorothy Kilgallen was really good at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she used to get mad if she, if she would, you know, narrow it down to one or two people with 20 brilliant questions, and then she'd get a no, and then the next person guessed it. She would be, she would really get annoyed. She was, she played the game very seriously. And uh, top, top prize back then uh, for the show was, was uh, $50. That's right. Big money. Yeah, big money. <laughs> Did they ever try to... that's not why people went on. They went on for the fun of it. Oh, yeah. Did they ever try and raise the prize money from $50 to maybe... No, sit, no, I don't think so. That wasn't the point, you know. If it had been for lots of money, it would have been a completely different thing. Oh, And it yeah. really wasn't... It really wasn't... There was nothing the person could do to stump the panel anyway. It was just that their profession had to be hard to guess. Oh, sure, sure. And I, I have to tell you, Chris, I mean, you certainly don't see game shows like this today. I know we're living in a uh, different era from then, but um, you don't see panel shows anymore kind of like that these days. No, you know, it's true, but I must say I still love watching that show, just like you mentioned on Game Show Channel. It's fun for me, especially because it sort of keeps my dad alive, you know. It's, it does, Sometimes yeah. he even talks to me from from the TV screen. <laughs> there was one game day I remember when the Yankees were playing and it was like a 17 inning game the second game of a doubleheader so the game went into the nighttime and my dad was furious that he didn't get to see who won so he talked to me from the tv show said call me after the show i gotta know who won 
<laughs> and I saw that show recently with my wife, and it was, you know, almost brought a tear to my eye to think that my dad could still talk to me out of YouTube. <laughs> did, did your dad have a uh, favorite mystery guest that uh, he liked having come on? I never heard him pick one. I think he always liked it when his friends came on and when he could guess them, you know, but uh, You're right, right. I don't think, I never heard him mention a favorite. All right, so so let's talk about you now. I know you have uh, a TV show, and I'm not sure if it's still going on or not, but uh, b um, Between the Lions? Between the Lions, right, which was a, um, it's not on anymore, but it was on for 10 years on PBS, uh, designed to uh, help uh, kids learn to read. So it featured stories and songs about letters and letter sounds and things like that. And uh, it was very successful. I'm pleased to say we won 10 Emmys while we were on. And now the show is being used to help help kids in school. Now, your, your music, I just want to read off this incredible list. Uh, you were involved with um, Sesame Street. You, yes, uh, yeah. very much so. Did you know uh, Jim Henson? Pardon me? Did, did you know uh, Jim Henson or, or become oh, acquainted very, with him? Oh, very much so, yes. I know everyone who worked on that show uh, right from the beginning because I got there in the first season. So I've been involved with Sesame one way or another for almost 50 years, believe it or not. Wow, wow. And, uh, yeah, I knew Jim Henson pretty well. What an amazing man. What an amazing talent. Just very lucky, very lucky that I ever got to work with someone like that. I know. I mean, I'm looking at between you and your dad. I mean, it's pretty incredible the resume that you both have between um, between the both of you. Well, yeah, I think I was lucky. I'm very lucky that you know my dad gave me a, a, a lot of starts because I knew authors and I knew something about television. I knew quite a bit about publishing, and my mom um, was very involved in the starting beginner books with Dr. Seuss, so I worked there for a while when I got out of college, too. So I was when Sesame Street came on, I was ready to work there, you know, because I knew about reading and I knew about uh, teaching and books and all that kind of stuff. So um, I was very lucky to be able to get that head start. So going back to uh, what I what I was originally gonna gonna uh, talk about here, um, some of your music has been used by some of the top performers in in music. Um, I'm looking at, at these names, and uh, please tell me if I'm if I'm wrong here. But uh, just a few that catch my eye are Paul Simon. That's right. Uh, a lot of the people that that uh, I worked with, I got to work with because uh, they came on Sesame Street and. Oh, After a while, true, yeah. that, that became my job to, you know, celebrities love being on the show, and I would write songs that fit their style, or sometimes I would work with them, you know, to change the lyrics so they taught something. But what an amazing opportunity, you know. So a lot of the people I worked with were there. Some were on Between the Lines. I was lucky enough to be part of National Lampoon, too, so some people... Uh, Worked on that, and and I worked on Marlo Thomas's uh, Free to Be projects. So a lot of those projects gave me a chance to work with some pretty amazing talents. Wow! And also one more person that I want to ask you about is um, 
Another guy that uh, had used some uh, of your music was Johnny Cash. Yes, well, Johnny Cash came on Sesame Street a couple of times. And, uh, you know, uh, I like all kinds of music, but certainly one of them is country. So he's kind of an idol. And I never really dreamed that uh, I'd ever get to sit in the studio and work with him. But uh, that happened. And we did a parody of on Sesame Street of don't take your guns to town we changed it to don't take your ones to town <laughs> so it was teaching numbers and uh he also sang an original song that i wrote for him about t telling tall tales and what that meant so um, that was pretty exciting i could go on and on and about johnny cash for like 30 minutes with you but uh I'm I'm just also looking at all these impressive names, and uh, it's just incredible. I mean, uh, also, just to read off a couple others, Smokey Robinson and James Taylor, and um, just uh, absolutely incredible. And, uh, yeah, well, every one of them, there's a good story. Smokey Robinson, um, we did another really funny piece, one of the amazing pieces we ever did on Sesame Street with him. We, we took uh, his song... Uh, I don't like you, but I love you, you know, and, and he made that with a letter U. We made a big puppet letter U that he was alternately hugging and it was chasing him around, and he was an amazingly good sport about it. <laughs> but that's still a piece you can see on YouTube, and it's really worth a look. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> these are some of the biggest names in, in music that you, that you could possibly oh, work that's with. Right. Oh, yeah. What was amazing to me over the years was that, you know, we would be so excited that they came on, but in many cases the stars were just as excited to be on Sesame Street, especially if they had, if their kids loved it or if they grew up on it. You know, like I remember Melissa Etheridge came on the show and she was dying to sit in Big Bird's nest. So of course we <laughs> let her do that for a while. <laughs> and, uh, and when R.E.M. came on, I was so excited they were there because I absolutely idolized those guys. But they liked being there as much as we liked having them. They stayed the whole day, and they did all kinds of extra stuff because they didn't want to leave. And, you know, so that's what's exciting. You discover that the people that you really admire admire your work, too. It's a great feeling. Oh, I bet. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, is there anybody that you guys uh, were not able to get uh, as far as music talent goes on Sesame Street? Oh, I'm sure there are people that we've tried to get and didn't, but our batting average is pretty good. Yeah, it, yeah oh, it definitely looks like it. Yeah. I mean, this is nothing to definitely complain about. I'll say that. So uh, one other thing that I uh, wanted to talk to you about was... Um, you also have uh, collaborated with Marlo Thomas, Danny Thomas's daughter. Right. Yeah. Uh, she, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Marlo, as um, many of your listeners may know, uh, though it was a while ago she started, <laughs> she had a project called Free to Be You and Me uh, back in the 1970s, which was designed to create songs and stories and book they did a book and a big tv special and a record album that all of which were amazing hits to get across the idea that you know it didn't matter who who you were when you were born you were allowed to do to be the person you wanted to be whether you were a boy or a girl or what race you were or any of that it's a great message and 
it was really needed and, and still needed. So we did several other free-to-be projects over the years, and we also did a lot of work with her, the hospital that Danny, Danny Thomas, her dad, started, Absolutely, St. Yep. Jude, which does amazing work. So we did a book and record to help that project out, too. And we're working on a new show right now, so uh, stay tuned. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that. If you're, uh, I'm sure that you are uh, for, for how busy you are, but I'm sure that uh, you're probably working on something. Uh, I was going to ask you if you, were, if you were working on anything. Well, lots of different things. A lot of the, you mentioned our Between the Lions show before. We're doing a lot of work to, you know, use that in schools uh, the way we can, to, it could be best used. I'm still doing a lot of work with Sesame. The 50th anniversary, if you can believe it, is coming up next year. So we're wow. planning all kinds yeah. of special yeah. tours wow. and things for that. And as I said, I'm working with Marlo Thomas on a couple of new projects. So. Uh, lots of things. I, I love staying busy just like my dad did. Wow. So do you ever get any uh, free time at all? And if you do, what, oh, sure. what, what do you like to do in your free time? Well, first of all, I'd say that, you know, some of the things I like doing best are, are both fun and free time as well as work. It's hard to tell the difference. I mean, you know, working on music to me is not really work, but I guess it technically is work, but it's total fun. But, uh, you know, I love being on the water. I have a little house with my wife on the water that we go to a lot. I love getting out there in a little sailboat or a kayak. I'm interested in astronomy. I chase eclipses. You know, I went out to Oregon to see the big total eclipse last year, and we're going to be traveling to see a couple of more of those. So lots of different things. I like sports. I like getting a little old to play, but I still love watching uh hockey and football and baseball and things so lots of different interests yeah it definitely yeah it sounds like you have quite a few hobbies there and um so uh also uh something else i wanted to ask you about is uh random house still still going strong i'm sorry i didn't hear that uh is random house still going strong oh definitely random house is usually successful and i have a book coming out from there forgot to mention that a kid's book uh to help beginning readers also called a bunk in my uh, no a skunk in my bunk it's called a skunk in my it's bunk it's coming out next spring so it's a little early to be talking about it but uh, since you mentioned random house I, I thought i'd mention it oh absolutely and i have a book out with the uh that came out recently from random house too with uh, my colleague henry beard who is uh, who started national lampoon magazine several years ago and we did a dictionary of terms that liars use. It's called Spinglish, a combination of spin and English. And it it's, explains how you can use the language to deceive people. It's a lot of fun, I think. I think people like it. <laughs> well, I'm sure, well I'm, I'm sure that they will. I mean, uh, for how long you've been in the business, and I'm sure that it'll just be a, a great success. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's fun. I've had a great time. So uh, I do want to talk about uh, your company, Serious Thinking. Uh, that, that's where you currently uh, work at, correct? Yes, indeed. And that's where we do a lot of the things that I've already talked about. You know, like uh, our Between the Lions show was co-produced by Serious Thinking and the Boston Public Television Station, WGBH, which does a lot of the great shows on 
public TV. And Sirius also does a lot of school videos, and we're, we're working on a, a dictionary, an animated dictionary that uses film to help kids learn words. So that's another big project. Now, is uh, Sirius Thinking connected with uh, Sirius Radio as well? No, it's, they're both named after the star, Sirius, the dog star, but that's the only connection. Oh, okay. So also one other, uh, one, one final question for you uh, before I let you go. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into the uh, entertainment industry? Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> you know, there are lots of different things uh, you could say. I would say it, it can be hard, but don't give up, uh, you know, and, and don't try to be something you're not, I guess would be good advice, too. Follow the things you're good at and that you like doing. And uh, keep trying to learn more about it. Ask lots of questions from people who've done it. Don't get discouraged because it will always be discouraging some of the time. Even the biggest stars get turned down for auditions. And many of the most successful authors had their book turned down 27 times before someone took it. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you really want to do it, that is, uh, you've got to stick to it. If you really just think you can work at it for a couple of minutes and be a star without hard work or a big-selling author without <laughs> hard work. Very few people succeed at that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it took your dad and you uh, quite a while to get to where you guys are at. Oh, yeah, you have many failures before, before you have a success, unless you're incredibly lucky. Some people just hit it right out of the way right from the beginning, but there's always luck involved. You just have to make the most of your luck when you when you get it. That's definitely like I true. Didn't, like, I was very lucky to get to Sesame Street. I just happened to know people who were starting it, and uh, they knew the work that I was doing at Random House. Otherwise, I might never have gotten there. You know, it's, there's a lot of luck involved. Yeah, it's basically a who-all-you-know business, right? Well, it's partly that, and it's partly just... That, you know, when you write a book and send it to somebody, you have to hope you send it to somebody who's going to like it. Sometimes you, there might have been somebody who would have loved it that never hears about it. Well, that's, that's definitely true as well. I actually used to be a uh, production assistant at uh, Paramount uh, for uh, game, oh, wow. game show run-throughs. Yeah. So um, I got to work uh, uh, on this game show, uh, or run-through rather, um, called Trivia Crack with a guy named Bob Bowden. I'm not sure if you're, you're familiar with him or not. Yes, I know about that. Yeah, he, he's actually a great, great guy. I mean, uh, and just the absolute greatest guy that, that you'll ever meet. And um, so basically trying to get myself in, into game shows as well since I grew up and uh, watching uh, old shows like What's My Line and To Tell the Truth and, and, and all those other shows. Well, I think the Mark Goodson's company still exists. So I, he's... he's not with us anymore, but right, right. I think his company, Goodson Todman, I think is still there. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think they, uh, I think they got bought out by Fremantle Media, though. Yes, that's right. That's right. That is the name of it. Yep, yep, Fremantle Media. Yep, they're the ones, yeah, so. But anyways, all right. Well, thank you, Chris. I definitely do want to thank you so much for your time. Great, Michael. Can I ask you, is there a way I can uh, hear this when you put it together and send it out? Absolutely. Uh, is that email still good that I sent? Uh... Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll let you know. 
That's great. Well, this was a lot of fun, and it's great to meet you by phone. I, I hope I meet you in person someday. Absolutely. Same here. Same here. And uh, so, yeah, uh, come, 